Hey y'all, welcome to Our Pays Me episode number 32. This week I'm talking with a model. Uh, her name is Lily Lightborn. She's from Bermuda and she came across my page because, uh, well, basically she's worked with a lot of designers that I respect, a lot of brands that I respect, and she's doing really big, major things. And the modeling industry is something that a lot of people I know, including myself, I tried to become a model way, way back in the day. And I know a lot of models today who would love to accomplish the things that she's accomplished. So we kind of dug into that, like how she ended up getting signed to a bigger agency as a, a basically just a girl from Bermuda. And, um, you know, what she was like as a child and what she loves most about what she does. And we talked about like me as a designer now and how I interact with my models during runway shows. I was curious what these bigger name designers were like during runway shows. And we talked about diversity in the modeling industry. Uh, we got a little spiritual, actually. This was the first um, Art Pays Me podcast with a prayer in it. Uh, and, um, you know, she, we talked about <laughs> whether Lily is a Somerset or St. George's fan. The, Bermuda, the Bermudians would know what, what this is all about. And um, basically what she has next for her. And just the general struggle of, you know, being a creative and and she's in an industry that is very much it's almost reminds me of professional sports and that you know what's next you know so this is a good one for people who are curious about what's needed to take that big leap for following a dream that seems damn near impossible what up artist my name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. This is, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for doing the interview. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess I'll get right into it. So I'll just do my little <laughs> pro thing. And, um, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. So welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Lily Lightborn, and is it Lily Lightborn Herbert? Yes, it's Lily Lightborn Herbert. My real name is actually Lillian, but everyone calls me Lily. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So I came across uh, Lillian as I, I'm just always excited to see fellow Bermudians. Shout out to Bermuda, uh, just doing interesting things, and came across. <laughs> I came across you on the internet and I was like, oh, she's doing this modeling thing and she's doing it at a high level and that's impressive. And I always want to shout out my people and I'm always proud to see it happen. So welcome to the show. And thank you. Yeah. So I usually ask 
people what they do to start it off. But I kind of ruined it with my intro today. Um, yeah, you kind of did, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you're a model. So like, how, how does that, what does that mean, actually? Let's, let's break it down that way. Um, yeah, so pretty much I'm an international fashion model. So that means I do like stuff for magazines, stuff for like clothing brands, beauty brands, you runway. Um, it pretty much means that you're being hired to help like sell a product or because you fit the brand and you believe that you'll be able to kind of make their vision work. So that's pretty much sums up what I do. Okay. And you grew up in Bermuda. Yeah, I was born and raised, um, born and raised in Bermuda, and I moved to New York like in 2010. Yeah, 2010. So, did you move to New York specifically to model, or was it like something else you were doing, like school or something? No, I moved here specifically to model because I knew I always wanted to do it ever since I was probably around six or seven years old, I knew that I wanted to get into modeling. So I kind of just made a way to make it work. Okay. So here's the question. I get this. I got asked this all the time. Why, mm-hmm. wouldn't you, why, why leave Bermuda? Bermuda seems like a great place. Why would you leave Bermuda? Why couldn't you just model from Bermuda? Oh yeah. I get that question all the time too. Like people are always <laughs> like, why are you here? It's, it's so annoying, but um, I think, <laughs> They don't understand how small Bermuda is. Like, yes. I love Bermuda, but as I think for anyone, like, artistically involved, you have to kind of travel to get more opportunities. And that's what I had to do. Like, I was... I'm so thankful for any anyone in Bermuda that was kind of pushing me to get into modeling by taking my photos, like, just doing free photo shoots for me just to practice. Or, like, I remember Gibbons Company hired me a few times for, like, their daily, like, news thing, newsletter. And that was great. But in order to book, like, really big jobs and jobs with different types of um, designers and companies, you have to go somewhere else. Mm. Actually, I like that you brought up the creative side because I actually – tried to be a model back in the day myself and oh really <laughs> yeah nice. yes indeed and one thing i learned in those experiences is that a it's not easy um mm. b there is a creative aspect to it and it, it's a there is a real skill it's not just oh you have a certain look you're a model and a lot of people I yeah find, you know they think that that's all it is to it so like how so uh, actually i'll take it back too so in bermuda you're modeling did uh-huh. you realize like were you trying to get the attention of like an agency or bigger go directly to bigger brands from bermuda and realizing that this isn't really going to work um no not really um that's an interesting question. I never even thought about that. I, I don't think I did because I didn't have at the time like social media like everyone has right now. Like Instagram wasn't a thing yet. Um, so my mind was to just travel abroad. Like 
I remember with some of my friends, we had planned a trip to New York City for a week for one of their birthdays and everyone canceled. And I was like, well, I'm still going to go to New York. And I went to New York and I um, just went and to a bunch of agencies, whoever had open calls, whoever would see me. And that's pretty much how I got myself the um, the attention from people away. It was it wasn't um, me trying to reach out to them through email. I think I tried that a few times, but I feel like no one ever checks those emails because they get flooded with hundreds of emails all the time. So I just decided the best thing to do was to just go out there. Wow. Wow. So it's like yeah. literally just hitting that pavement and, and and trying to make it work. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And I, I'm so thankful to my siblings that helped me. Like my sister helped me make a schedule for the open calls of the week. My other sister let me use her phone to call agencies in New York City. And so I had so much help along the way. It was really great. This is crazy. Like, so I work with a lot of models and talk to a lot of models here. And mm-hmm. um, I think they might be interested in this because even Halifax, I think in some ways is too small of a market to maybe have mm-hmm. that impact. Yeah. Uh, so is that something you would generally advise to models? Like may- maybe not necessarily New York, but even like a bigger city that they would probably try to go to? Yeah, I think it's definitely good to go somewhere in person and show them what you look like and um, just kind of put yourself out there to show people that you're serious. Like, if you feel like you're in a place that's too small and you're not able to grow, but I would really suggest London, New York, or California, um, because even with my agency in London, I had seen them when, when I was in New York a while ago. Like, my agency in New York arranged a meeting with them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like me. They said that I didn't look like any of my photos. That I look better in person. So wow. that motiv- yeah, that motivated me to kind of take those specific photos that they wanted. And I remember telling my agency in New York, I need these type of photos. We have to get it done like ASAP. And I went to New- went to London for like Miss World. Like uh, I want to say a few months afterwards. And after Ms. Ward was finished, I went to, like, those agencies. And that exact same agency that told me no ended up signing me because I went in with the correct photo. So sometimes it's good to see people in person so they kind of can get an idea, like, well, you actually are really beautiful. You just need to fix this. You need to do that. And so you don't need to do too much. I think just showing yourself is enough. Yeah. Yeah, when I cast for my shows and things like that, that is so important. I've had a lot of models hit me up with their Instagram accounts and be like, can I model in your show or can I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm holding a casting. You can come to the casting. Please come to the casting. Because mm. to see how they move, how their mannerisms are in real life, they're, like there's just something about that in person that really gives a better sense. And like, it's, like I said, it's an art form, it's performance. And if I feel mm-hmm. like they can't perform their stiff when they move and things like that. And it's hard to, yeah. to agree to that with just sight unseen. It makes a big difference when you see someone in person because someone can look like they have it on paper, but when you meet them, it's a total opposite. Or they like have everything on paper, but in person, they're probably not that great looking, but their photos come out amazing. You know, it's different for everybody. 
Yeah, I found that interesting about the modeling agency um, industry as well. So when I was mm-hmm. trying to do it, there was a lot of talk about, are you a commercial person? Are you... Oh, yeah, I hate those. Com- I hate that. <laughs> I hate that those labels. That's still a thing or is it not so much? It's a thing, but it's like the most stupidest thing ever because agencies need commercial models. They need you to be commercial too because that's how you make money. Yeah. Like you could be a high fashion model and still do commercial work. So I think that trying to separate the person from the two and telling you that you're too commercial, it doesn't make any sense because commercial makes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's really dumb when people say that. Like it just, it annoys me so much because a lot of people used to say that to me, like I'm too commercial, but then I end up doing high fashion and runways and all this stuff. So I was able to do both. So I think kind of labeling people and kind of taking away that potential of doing everything, it kind of sucks. Yeah. I, and I could see too, like you might be harder to place back in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of that. When I, when I think about how rigid the, the casting was back then, they might mm-hmm. look at you and say, well, you're not dark enough for, your eyes are light. We don't know what, you know, not what to do with you. Is that something that you kind of ever dealt with or, or? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Like people kind of aren't sure like where to put you in. Like you might not be black enough or like too black. It's like weird. It's really weird when you're like in that in-between space. Yeah. I think the industry is a lot better now, but in 2010, it was definitely hard because it wasn't um it was people that look like me but it just wasn't a lot like a lot lot mm-hmm. but now it's so dominant and there's like space there's like space for everyone because i don't i hope it's not a trend like i i hate that it seems like a trend but i think that you know this look all the different looks of what black women look like what black men look like are her to stay because er, because in 2010 it was so hard yeah, I'm I'm wondering if the Instagrams and everything else and people making uh, some success as influencers and all the various looks that they have influenced that in, in any way. I think so. I think I think so. Because if you have the power of a platform like Instagram, if someone tells you no, you can go back and like do your own thing and look I look extremely amazing and then everyone starts to notice that look and then you get booked you get these different things and then someone else wants to represent you even though another person told you no so I think it's a great platform and definitely has provoked some change it's definitely changed the fashion industry so much like mm-hmm. even in negative ways I think mm-hmm. well, in negative ways how well, I think negative ways in terms of in like the how much models get paid, I think uh-huh. that's been probably impacted a lot because it's all about exposure or or if you don't want to do it for this amount of money that someone else will do it for cheaper. It's like, it's interesting. And then because things are digital and not necessarily printed anymore, printed campaigns get different payments than digital. And then digital commercials, that would only show up like on Hulu or something like that is paid differently from something that would be on TV. So it's like definitely changed that part of the industry a lot. Mm. So I think what happened? Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. 
No, I was just saying I don't I don't know how like agencies are kind of navigating around that or how the law is gonna kind of I don't know adjust that because it's changed so much like to a point where people where I know some models that barely get paid anything because of how they treat digital advertisement. Hmm. So I find it interesting because I would think digital would get more eyes on it. So therefore you could charge more for it than say a print that may not get as many eyes on it. Yeah, it definitely will get a lot more eyes on it. I think it's just because of the different laws that are in place for things that are printed or on TV, it's been instituted and fixed and, and kind of tweaked to make sure that everyone's benefited. But with digital, I don't think so yet. Oh, I see. I see. So yeah, it's less, it, it's more just rooted in an old fashioned way of um, structuring the industry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. So you're with Maryland agencies, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maryland Models in Maryland New York. Models. And you've been with them for the whole time? No, I've been with different agencies. Like, And I'm also signed with different agencies globally. Like, I was signed with Maryland Paris first. Oh. And then Maryland New York um, signed me. So I've, I've had so many different agencies. Like, it's crazy. I'm so thankful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is pretty... And, What's you've worked with some big names, big brands. Like what's what are some of like the biggest ones you worked with? Um, I I'm trying to think. Like it's so funny, like I was trying to make a video of like different runway shows I've done and I couldn't even remember like some of them. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, like this is not good. But I guess I would say like Armani, I've done um his show in Milan a few times. <laughs> Um, Vivian Westwood, um, Kiss. Um, you did I really Kiss. have to like, yeah. Whoa, see, now you're hitting the street where, like, kidding see, me. See, I did, when I did that show, it was so dope because they had LeBron James backstage and he gave us, like, a prep talk, oh, like it was wow. a basketball game. And all the models were like, what is happening right now? Because he was like, you can do it. Go up there and be you, be strong. And it was so incredible but it was also like what's happening because <laughs> wow. that's never happened before a fashion show so it was definitely like a new spin that kids put on what a fashion show means it was a lot of fun mm. yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut off your your list there <laughs> no it's so hard for me to remember i have to think um I did like a commercial for like Maybelline a while back and doing Rammel right now. Um, so far, I guess everyone knows about that one. I've shot for like Vogue a few times and Glamour and um, Cosmopolitan. It's like, it's, it's weird because I don't normally talk about myself like this. So I never like make myself remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I have to make a list so I can yeah, sure you, I get you do. <laughs> <laughs> but two that I remember Yeezy. That's why I, I kinda got on yes. yeah, that one, yeah. I well, did that show too. And you did PR Moss recently as well. Yeah. And like with those kind of shows, are the designers uh like hands on, like inspecting you every time you come out, or are is that kind of just left to the, the stylists? 
Oh, definitely. Like, I was really shocked how hands-on hands on Kanye West was. Mm. Like, um, when I was at the fitting, I was at the fitting for a mad long, that because they had to do a lot of preparations. Like, that's how fittings always go. Mm. Fittings are always going to be long. And he came back to the fitting after he did a show. Like, he just had did a concert at Madison Square Gardens. It was, like, him and his wife, Kim, and... Um, they were so sweet. They mm. were super nice. And then the day of the show, I guess he wasn't happy with some look. So he kind of put some things together. And he was the one, like, dressing me, like, penning me myself. And I was, like, really surprised. Mm. And so I kind of saw that this dude really is invested. And he is hands-on. Like, his whole family was invested. And I thought that was really beautiful for him to have that support um, for that show. And for Pierre Moss, yeah, he definitely was picking out the office for everybody. Like, he was definitely hands-on to, until the lineup. He was hands-on as everyone. Mm. So how many looks are they having in these shows? It seems like they're really long shows in comparison to what I'm used to dealing with. Oh, yeah. For, for, for Kiss, it was so many models that there was models there I didn't even see until... I was leaving. I was like, oh, you was here? I didn't even see you. What? And then the same for Kanye show, the same for um, Pierre Morris. Like, some of my friends were there, and I never saw them once because there was so many models. And that's happened a few times, even for, like, when I did Armani. Me and my friend recently just found out that we were in that show together, but we never saw each other backstage. So... It can be a lot of models sometimes. Crazy. Is it complete, like in my shows, it's always complete chaos backstage. Is it like that in these big shows too? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chaos all the time. And sometimes it's frustrating because like no one likes her time to be wasted, but you have to understand there's always technical errors. There's always things that can go wrong last minute. So you kind of just have to be patient and put on your best face as long as you can right. <laughs> and then kind of like save the frustration until after you leave if, you, if you're able to do that yeah i had a model my first solo show well, first and only solo show who got frustrated and stormed out right before the uh we were supposed to go like go live and tell me <laughs> i was a piss uh but i didn't find out until later like people protected me from that information but yeah like Oh, they're nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're a good team. <laughs> but yeah, I can't, I, and you know, has, as being someone who's modeled before, I know that it's just backstage. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. A lot of movement. Yeah, it can be crazy. Unless like it's really, really crazy time and your agents like leave. If your agent tells you to do something, then that's, that's the way I can justify it. But other than that, like, yeah, sometimes it's best to stay. Or, or if, like, say, if one time I did a show, I, I was doing a presentation. Presentations are different from shows. Like, I feel like all models hate presentations because presentations, you just have to stand there for hours. Oh. Like, you literally stand in one spot for, like, two to four hours. And it's just, it's, like, a little bit like torture. <laughs> so a presentation, what's, so is that more of, like, an exclusive audience and you're just kind of you're not really um, me, per se 
to this day, I don't even understand what they are or why people do it. I think it's so that they can see, have as much people seeing their show as possible because there's so many big designers and big shows happening that um, some designers want to get those people in before they go to those shows or after they come from those shows. So I think that the presentation is meant to last a significantly long time so people can come in and out. Or sometimes people feel like they're close they want them to be um, looked at differently. So they want people to be able to come close to it and touch it and take more in-depth photos of the garment. So I think that's, it, it pretty much depends on what the design is going for. Got you. Yeah, I've actually considered stepping back from runway shows a bit so that I could do more intimate things like that as well but like listening to it from the model's perspective that doesn't sound too, <laughs> too good no it depends i've done a presentation that was a lot of fun i did this presentation for rosie Asselin, and that this was to this day i've never done a presentation that was more fun than this we pretty much played musical chairs the whole time and she had this really beautiful orchestra playing mm. and playing live and as uh, so people are just watching the models play musical chairs. And me and my roommate, we end up winning at the end. And it was so much fun. They were giving us candy to eat the whole time. And it was just just communication with the guests. Like, it wasn't so uptight. We had to be quiet. We can talk to people. And at the end, everyone got, like, these really beautiful necklaces that her mom made, which I still have mm. to this day. But that, that presentation, I would do that again in a heartbeat. That was so much fun. So oh. I think if you're able to be more artistic with it and have fun, then I'm definitely down for a presentation because you can kind of take your vision to another level and bring like art art within it or your personality. Mm, yeah, I love that idea, actually. Just make it, I, I would just make it like the, the models are hanging out with the guests. You can get that, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, yeah, that's a, I like that idea. Just it's, it's more human that way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Hmm. Okay. So just gave you an idea. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I you did because I I just I like that because he when sometimes with the runway presentation like you you're right the models go by so quickly people don't necessarily get to take in what they saw as much. So, yeah. Exactly. Um. It. I, I just. Yeah. I like that idea. And um. Actually, from a casting perspective, you told me the story about how, like how you got the Pierre Moss job that you weren't even a you weren't even sent by your agency and you weren't um, necessarily going to get the job. Yeah, like pretty much I just went with some friends to support them because you were supposed to submit um, to an email with your photos and then they would reply back with the address. So because I, I like sent the information to my agent, like, hey, this is happening, like, what do you think? And then they were like, oh, I'll let you know if anything happens. But I never heard anything back and the casting was on Sunday. So I just went with some friends to support them. And plus I love talking to people. So um, for my group that I do model grocery, I was like, I'm just gonna interview some people, have some fun and just get to know some new models. And when I got there, I saw one of the people that help with the castings and he was like how are you doing and I was like I'm good I'm just trying to support some friends he was like you're not gonna do it I was like no I don't have any heels like I don't even have my comp cards my book and he was like if I was you I would do it and I was like okay I, I'll do it and I stood in line with my friends for a long time <laughs> mm. and 
eventually like my turn came, I did my walk and, and um, the woman already had my comp card. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, thanks for coming. And then I got the call back and I did the fitting. Oh, I just did a fitting. Like it wasn't even a call back. We just did the fitting and then the show was the next day. Wow, crazy. I, I love yeah. stuff. I actually, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So was it like a, it was a chill environment with, with that show as well? Or was it like, you said it was fun, but like, was it? Um, like- I think with, with any show that has that, that amount of models, it's always going to be a little bit chaotic, but uh-huh. it's not, it's not that chaotic that makes you frantic. It just keeps you alert and kind of like excited, like something, this is about to be a great show. Great. So they had, it was like tons of makeup artists, tons of hairstylists backstage. We, I got my nails done. And so it was just so much happening at once. So it was like you never got to sit still. Like it's that type of backstage. Yeah. So you mentioned the heels thing. I got some flack because in one of my castings, I requested the models bring heels. Is mm-hmm. that a standard thing in the industry? Um, I want to say yes and no, because at first when I started modeling, I would carry my heels with me everywhere. So everyone's like, you have to have your heels. You have to have your book. It's like certain things that you have to have in your bag at all times. But as I started, like just modeling longer, I don't want a heavy bag. So I would just only carry my my portfolio on my iPad, which is super small, and then my comp cards. And I would never take heels because the clients usually always have heels with them. Like mm. if they want you to put heels on. So most of the time wearing my flats is fine. As huh. long as you look stylish and cute, like it's fine. But if it's fashion week, you have to have your heels. Like you have to have your heels during fashion week because they that's what the dirty see. They want to mm. see if you can walk and how you walk in heels and and just like your personality. So if you go with no heels, like I've had times where I've forgotten my heels and the cast director's kind of like feel like you're wasting their time sometimes uh-huh. if you just come unprepared. So it but it really depends. Some casting directors have shoes there. Like I remember for some casting directors I would dress cute. Like I would know what type of shows they're casting. So I would dress accordingly like yes, like I'm dressed based on what they're looking for. And then when you get to the casting, they tell you to take off everything and put on like a slip dress and they give you heels. So it kind of sucks, like all the work you put on, put in to pick an outfit and the specific jewelry and they're like, take it all off. And then you just take pictures in this little silk dress, like black dress and just some heels. Yeah. So like... It's funny. So your your appearance showing up, even though you're going to wear ultimately the brand's clothing, they still want to make sure that you look a certain way when you show up. And yeah, it's good to stand out. I think I think it's good to stand out and and feel most feel confident in what you have on. So I don't think people should dress so plain, but definitely um, not too dressed up. Right. And how, like, how does that apply for the, your social media presence? Do you feel pressure that you always have to, every, every post you make, you have to represent yourself in a certain aesthetic? Um, I'm still, like, kind of trying to figure that out because 
sometimes I feel that way, yes. And then sometimes I just don't care. Like, I'm I'm so all over the place when it comes to Instagram. Mm. But um, I think it's important that you do show your personality, like, what's important to you. Like, if fashion is important to you and, and um, that's a part of what you want to represent, then I think you should push that whether you're a model or not because I feel like as a model – you always have to be creative for someone else and kind of push someone else's vision on you that you kind of lose like what you like and what your ideas are and what your opinions are and what your perspective is about things. So if you kind of use social media to be that outlet to be creative and a lot of models do this, and I think that's super important and it kind of, it kind of brings something different to the table. So when you go to a casting and casting directors ask, for your Instagram, when they go on your page, they're going to find out that you're a whole different person than just this model versus they meet you as a model and they go on Instagram and they see the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think when you bring something different to the table, um, that helps for me. I think I, I think I do that. I kind of post things that inspire me, um, different quotes that I like. I really love Instagram stories. I think I'm just, I should just stick to Snapchat because I really love that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to posting, um, yeah, I never, I feel, I don't really feel pressured about it. I do get excited sometimes and I'm, that I'm going like for months while posting and then I will go like two weeks or three weeks without posting. Cause I guess like, I don't want to get too wrapped up in trying to capture a moment versus just being in it. Mm, very wise, very wise. Yeah. So you, uh, you mentioned about, uh, staying true to yourself, you're a religious person. How does religion conflict with what you're trying to do as a model? Does it conflict? Like, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, this is contradictory to what I feel and believe in? Um, yeah, like I, I personally like to think of it as you having a relationship with God, because if you kind of put it into that, perspective of like like I when I want to say religion you kind of don't allow yourself to grow if that makes sense mm. because I feel like everyone has the right to be in the moment they're in at that moment so so pretty much maybe when I first became a Christian I, I didn't want to do certain things because I felt about like strongly about this and that so I would say no to that but who knows like five years from now I could definitely have grown in different areas and feel totally different about shooting this or doing that. So I kind of don't like to put restrictions on myself or say, I won't do this. or I won't do that because you don't want to, you don't want to kind of make yourself feel guilty about things you've said or standards you made for yourself because you don't want to, you don't want to just dampen that creativity that could birth something great because everything everything's good. Everything comes from the Lord. So it's good. And it's just up to you to put your own twist to it. That's how I feel a lot of times. So if someone wants to shoot, like say if someone wants to shoot um, something that looks totally crazy to me, but to them, that's like what they're, that, that position they're in at the moment. And they could be a Christian too. So I can't really judge what, um, what's good to do, what's not to do. And then for me, I, for a long time, I was like, oh, I don't want to do um, lingerie. Like, I wouldn't tell people 
like put that somewhere like write it on a post on instagram i'll never do this because that's that goes against what i believe but who knows like seven years from now i could totally love it and do it you know and and not feel any kind of weight because i'm kind of confident who i am and know what i believe in and if that brand fits what i believe then i'll definitely do it right does does that make sense yeah it does make sense i i really love how you explain that actually because you know, a lot of times it, it would be easy for us to get judgmental or say that, um, you know, and I say judgmental in terms of judgmental of ourselves, because as yeah. an artist, I feel like I find myself challenged in that way as well. I identify as a Christian. I don't necessarily practice as a Christian right now, but I identify as one. So, but there are certain things in my art that I know would probably upset people who are religious so mm. but it's it's like i feel like i have an a certain message that i need to tell like i'm telling it from a pure place i'm not saying it from a glorification perspective mm. but like it's in me to share it for a reason and but then you know so it's there's that internal battle of why am i sharing this story am i sharing it um to be exploitative or am I sharing it because I'm saying I don't necessarily agree with it, but this is the world we live in. This is an expression of, of that world. But because I'm presenting it, I'm presenting it from that a different perspective. I, I don't know. I just really like how you did that. That that's cool. Yeah. It's complicated. Like people come from different cultures. Like I we grew up in Bermuda. So we are used to wearing like shorts and bathing suits. And then like someone else who didn't grow up in Bermuda and they're, they they're um christian they might think that something's wrong with that but for me as growing up in Bermuda, i'm like this is cute like i'm gonna get a bath house like this i think this is what i could wear to the beach you know it's different different cultures different perspectives so i think when we kind of just give each other a chance to have a conversation and get to know one another and what what walk they're in and what position they're in it changes like it definitely changes and i love people that don't that don't know like what's wrong or what's right like they haven't gotten into that religious warped mind because they still they're still seeing God in everything. So they're just so open to just get to know this person. Like, oh, you have tattoos, you have piercings. Like, I think that's dope. Like, like you know, or I want to get to know why you did that, or or you know, what does this mean? It just it kind of just opens up that door to have conversations versus shutting it down. I just love that about my church that we're, we'll take anybody. Like we don't, we don't turn anyone away. We will take anybody because we just believe that everyone deserves a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The Lord says come as you are. Yeah. Uh, and you recently got married. Yeah. So how does that impact your I, I know it's I know getting married changed my creation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has it has it changed your your career or like the way you view certain things in life? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I I have to think about that. I think it's definitely changed when it comes to like how other male models treat me. I think I've seen that change. If, if oh, anything, because they like, know. <laughs> yeah like we'll be like cool and then like they'll text me i didn't know you were married i'm like oh uh because i don't be wearing my ring like on set and stuff like that because i don't want to lose it or get it stolen and or just people that know me throughout the years and then they see me again because models travel a lot so i might meet a model in paris 
mm. not see them for like three years and then I'll see them in New York City and they want to hang on and they're like oh like I didn't know you're married and then like the whole friendship changes it's like it's random stuff like that I think I've seen that change that probably had nothing to do with the question you were asking but that's mm. what I've observed so far um when it comes to creativity I don't know I feel like maybe I want to travel less like that's probably one thing that kind of impacted me like traveling for a long time in London in Milan and Paris and kind of just staying there in Germany for a bit I kind of don't want to do that for too long yeah so that does affect me I think because some of the best editorials the best magazines are in London Mm-hmm. And so you, you can only go there to get that. So I kind of have to think about another person um, and think about how that will affect them and also how it's going to affect me because I'm going to feel like missing this person and lonely, you know. So I think it definitely affects me in that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I get that. I get that. And also for me, I'm finding, I don't know, well, you're in New York. So I'm assuming that a big part of booking jobs is also the social side. Like say you get invited to some kind of an appearance or an event. Is mm-hmm. that something that, that is a thing in the modeling agency? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I try not to go to those that much anymore. Like I I used to go to those so much when I first started because I was like, Oh, I'm going to get some network. Mm-hmm. going to get to know people. But then when you go to those events, people are not there to network. They're there to have fun. They're there to, like, just do whatever. And you talk to them next day, probably they won't remember. Like, you know, so I kind of just leave that for having fun, but not really um, not really for networking. So I don't tend to go to those much, that much anymore, unless it's for a brand that I love. But I don't, I don't really go out to just go out, you know, to those yeah. events. I think for me, that's what's changed. I used to... Well, I used to just go out just to go out all the time, <laughs> three, four times. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I'm know. so old. I'm like, so old. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm home at what time? <laughs> yeah. Since I got married or even like when I first got serious with my wife before we were married, it was just like, she, she wasn't really into it. And I just, got some changes. Yeah. yeah, I just fell off from it. And now, now that I'm doing fashion, I get invited to a lot of different things and I just, I just can't, I, unless I can, it's hard to decide which ones not to, to go to and which ones not to go to, but it's kind mm-hmm. of thing. I'm like, is this going to end up being just more fun than actual business? If it's more fun, exactly. I got yeah. to say no. Yeah. Or I try to bring him with me. If I feel like, we're going to have fun and we might make it into a cute date night. Like I try to bring him with me, but if it's like one of those events where they just want models there because we're, they think we're tall and beautiful and you're going to make the place look great. And, and yeah. we're going to talk to you that I'm just not into it. Cause I'm like, I'm over that stuff. No, thank you. You know what I mean? Right. Actually, how tall are you? I'm five ten, So I'm not like the tallest model, but I'm definitely like a, good height but there's so many different heights and alpha models and i wish i would have like been a part of that movement in in people's mindsets thinking that you know you could be any height but i definitely was hooked on like proving that i was tall enough at one point because even my height wasn't great 
you know, really? for some people. Yeah, like I grew an inch when I turned 21, like I was 5'9". Mm-hmm. And so I was so pressed. I'm like, I have to be 5'10", because people cut you off at 5'9". I was so pressed. But now, like, things are changing so much. I, like like we said earlier, I think that has to do with social media and kind of just embracing everyone. All the world just being fed up and saying you have to embrace everybody because not everyone looks like this. So I think it's great that people's minds are there, but I definitely was not one of those people, mm. sadly. Yeah, I definitely remember like going to casting things or something, and there'll be a female model who's 5'7", and they'd be like, yeah, she's got the right look, but uh, she's just not... And they would say she was commercial sometimes because of the height. I know, but it's, <laughs> it's so us. I'm like... Yeah, yeah. People's proven them wrong, like, ever since, you know? But for some people, it has to fit, like, their garments. has to do with, like, oh, you have to be this high because the dress is going to drag on the floor. So mm-hmm. that's how I understand. But there are some people that are um, are not that tall, and they'd be killing it on the runway. I'm like, don't don't send me out after that person because <laughs> I'm not going to forgive it. Like, they gave it. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely hired some walkers who were very uh, not five, ten and up. That's for sure. And right. They can they can rip that runway. So yeah, they really can. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have another important question. Um, yeah. Somerset or St. George's? Oh, Somerset all day. No, wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to Miss Sandy's. Like, I was Miss Sandy, so I'm going to say all day, bro. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what part of the island did you grow up in? Um, I grew up partially in, on Cedar Hill work for, like, a lot of my, like, younger childhood life. My mom and my sisters. And when she passed away, I moved with my dad in Devonshire for a little bit. And okay. then we stayed in Southampton for, like, the rest of my life as a childhood to like my teens so you were mostly west so yeah okay i'll give you a pass at least you you (laughs) west. yep yep (laughs) i would never agree to this interview if i knew you were for st george's i would have been like sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny though my my mom's somerset I don't know how I ended up being a St. George's. Well, I guess my pops is with St. George's, so maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. Wow. Wow, that's funny. That's messed up. How you portray your own mom? Like, that's... I know. I know. That's up. <laughs> Every cup match, I got to give her grief. So for... Actually, you don't want to end up grieving. Uh, sorry, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so for the people who don't know what we're talking about... Uh, Somerset is the western end of the island, and St. George's is the eastern end. And every year there is a two-day cricket game to celebrate the emancipation of slaves where Somerset and St. George's play each other. And St. George's has been, um, we've had a rough, rough few years in, in, um, in the wind department, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's always next year. So yeah, yeah. there's always next year. My husband's from St. George's. He's from Brooklyn, so I don't oh, know really? how that happened. So he betrayed you, huh? So he betrayed you. 
He did. He really did. Like, we went to Bermuda, and he kept wearing, like, blues and stuff like that. And somebody was like, you must be for St. George's. And he was like, huh? And I was like, oh, because you're always wearing blue. And, and then he just decided he was for St. George's. And every time we go to Bermuda, we were there for Cotton Mesh this year. And everyone was, like, so mad at him. They're like, how could you be for St. George's and your wife's for Salmon? And you're not even from Bermuda. Like, you made the decision to go against her. So, yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even know who my wife is for. I think she kind of stays out of it just so she uh, can stay on. No, she has to pick a side. You can't be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's next for you, Lillian? Um, what's next? That's a good question. Um, so pretty much, there are so many things I want to do that I didn't get to do creatively. Is that even a word? Am I saying it right? Yes. For um, just for so many years, because my modeling would take up so much of my time. And, you know, because I'm married and you kind of get that kind of settled down vibe, even though I'm not settled down because modeling is like a full time job. I kind of just want to get into the more creative things that I've always wanted to do. Like, I really want to have a talk show. That's like my biggest dream ever. And it's so crazy. Like God confirmed that through my pastors because she was like, you're going to have a talk show one day. And I was like, wait, how did you know that? That's what I want. Like, that's like my biggest dream in life. And um, yeah, I just want to be able to relate to people and talk to people and, and make videos, make kind of short films, like all these things. Like, that's what I really want to do. I know it takes time, so I'm not pressuring myself to hurry up and be perfect or hurry up and be in those things. But I'm definitely giving myself a chance to finally build up to those things. So mm. I'm excited. Cool. Actually, what's Model Grocery? So pretty much Model Grocery is like a community platform for models to kind of to hang out, to share experiences, give advice. And um, there were so many models that go to my church, like so many. And we never kind of communicated or see how each other was doing because you can look great. But you can be terrible. Your your face can be everywhere for this campaign. You can have no money. It's just it's crazy how the industry impacts everyone differently, where you're having a good season and next season it's terrible. You're not booking anything. So it's kind of good to just communicate with each other and see how you're doing so you know you're not suffering along or you can be celebrated when no one's celebrating you because it's always on to the next thing all the time. So that's what it pretty much is just the platform for that. And I want to be able to use that to highlight different things models should know about laws and, and things that are changing about the industry. So just giving models a chance to have joy, like bring joy back into the industry. That's mm. what I really want to do with model grocery. Like I don't want it to be like a place where everything's so negative and look what this price is doing, that price is doing, but kind of just giving ourselves, a chance to be happy and to just have fun together without complaining or talking about this person or that person, but just being free to be yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. That's a really good idea. Actually. I'm, I'm getting Tyra Banks vibes from you from like the, the talk show now and the, oh, really? support <laughs> <laughs> for the you other know, people. She was the one that made me think I wasn't ugly because I used to get bullied all the time like because my ears because my teeth I used to have a gap in my teeth and my wisdom teeth closed it and my freckles and no one in my family like out of my siblings had my eye color 
So I would get teased all the time because my hair. And then someone said I look like Tyra Banks. I think it was my older sister. And I was like, you, y'all think I look like her? She mm. is gorgeous. So I must not be ugly. Like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful that she was one of those black models that were, was everywhere. And I kind of was able to get my confidence, my self-esteem up as a little girl because of her. Did you ever watch uh, um, America's Next Top Model? Did I watch America's Next Top Model? Heck yes. All oh, yeah. the time. I was obsessed. Me yeah. too. I used to watch, all, like, especially the first few seasons. And then I ran into a lot of those models. And I'd be like, I know them. Like, I do, and I do jobs with them and shows with them. And then when I go on their Instagram, I'm like, oh, because I saw you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to love it because it was, um, well, I was trying to be a model at that point, but also just in terms of creativity, I just loved seeing the creative process on TV all the time. What yeah, it's photo great. shoot looks like. The just it was. I think yeah. some of it was definitely like exaggerated. Like oh, there's this one episode sure. where they had to walk down a wall, <laughs> yeah. like a side of a wall, and one girl did it quote-unquote wrong and I was like is there a right way to do this so I think she got eliminated but I was like how how do you model down a side of a building like I don't (laughs) yeah yeah that was hilarious like after that episode I was like okay (laughs) yeah they might have jumped the shark a little bit with this yeah but so many models have been so blessed from that show just getting a chance to have a platform, have voice, kind of become like a celebrity from it. So I think it's such a great show to mm. give models that chance to be almost like pretty much like a supermodel again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like the supermodel still exists? For a long time, I didn't. But I do kind of feel like we're getting a little bit back to that place. But I think we have top girls, but not really supermodels. Mm. Because there's so many models, but then you have some girls like Gigi Hadi and her and Bella, where they're booked all the time and people do consider them supermodels. You know, people still use that term, but it's kind of confusing because there's so many girls out there and and people don't consider certain people supermodels that were already famous and then they become models. So it's it's that's a debate. That's a whole debate. Yeah. This is true. For me, it doesn't really matter if they can pull off, if they can do the work. I don't really care if they're famous first. It just doesn't mm. matter to me. Um, speaking of uh, the industry as a whole, so I know you said you didn't really know much about this issue, but we talked about the diversity bit in the industry. So Pierre Moss had a little bit of a controversial thing, or a lot of a controversial thing. I'm not going to ask you to get mm-hmm. into detail on it. But basically the gist of the controversy is whether or not certain members of the fashion industry are really caring about this change, this like diversity issue in the industry, or are people just paying lip service to it? Is it is real work being mm-hmm. done? Do you mm-hmm. feel that real work is being done to address the lack of um black people and people of other races and cultures being exploited for deals. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely frustrating sometimes because 
there are people that don't care. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. Because racism does exist. Like, it's still a thing. But I wouldn't, at the same time, take away from people that are doing things to make a difference. Like, Mm -hmm. some people really are forcing that change or, or putting people in a place where they can be seen so others can be inspired from that. But I think the industry just has, like, a tendency. Like, one of my friends said this to me, and I thought it was so clever. She said the industry, when they love a look, they want a thousand girls with the same look. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it doesn't make room for diversity sometimes because everyone wants the same person all the time. So it's always that moment that's happening. And so it's not really a bunch of things that happen at once. Mm -hmm. So I think that happens sometimes, but there's definitely some real change coming, some real uh, people that are putting in the work, putting in the time, putting in the compassion to want to see others shine. But at the same time, there are people that will just exploit a culture because they know people will gravitate to it, whether they care about that culture or not. They just know that this will sell and this will, this will make us, make money you know that's i feel like that's always going to happen but there's definitely people out there pushing change and having compassion I, and i'm so grateful to those people because they're helping so many black models get their foot in the door or finally be put in publications that they haven't been able to or do shows that they would have never had the opportunity to do mm-hmm. yeah well said so with that how can people get in touch with you? Are, are, is your Instagram up? Do you have a website or should they go to your agency's website? Um, I don't have a website at this moment, but I'm starting a YouTube channel. Oh. So you can definitely find me. It's Adventures of Lily Lightborn. That's my YouTube channel name. And on my Instagram, at Lily Lightborn. And if you want to book me for a job, then you should definitely go to my agency's website, marylandmodels.com, because I don't really know how to help you outside of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really hard when people hit me up to work, and I'm like, sorry, I have to do it through my agency. But there are some exceptions, but not a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the thing. It's you are in business. And uh, I know like we, a lot of models don't take it as a business and a lot of designers guilty as charged um, don't take it as a business. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, when I did my solo show, I partnered with someone who's worked in the modeling industry and it was important to her that we made the whole casting process as professional as possible, made sure that we paid the models, made sure because like, mm. the models are used to working for free in, in this city. So Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's so sad. Like and if people understood how models get paid through their agencies and they would they would throw models at they would throw money at the models because mm. at the end of the day, like if you book a job, you're getting so much taken out of it because of fees and percentages and taxes. Models really don't end up with that much. Right. You have to be working a lot to make good money. Mm-hmm. Well, so. yeah. Well, Lillian, thank you for the insight into how the uh, the business of modeling actually works. This was very entertaining and interesting for me. I think it will be for my listeners as well.
Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it so much. Like I said, I love talking. I want to have a talk show. So anytime. Is it possible to still do um, that thing that I asked you about in text messages? Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yay. Okay. So pretty much um, when I first moved to New York City, I went to um, this awesome church and they said this prayer with me and this prayer like changed my life. And I just wanted to give other people the opportunity to say that just in case you are thinking about it and you kind of want some blessings in your life. So this prayer, you would just like say it from your heart to God. And it just goes like this. Heavenly Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for rising again for me. Thank you for taking away all limits. Thank you for blessing me, protecting me, making my dreams come true. Live in my heart. Give me peace and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. (laughs) You're welcome. The first prayer on Art Pays Me. (laughs) Oh, historic. (laughs) All right, cool. I appreciate it, man. Yes. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, Please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.